Hi, I'm Shona, and this is my podcast. I'm a mum, a pre and postnatal trainer, CrossFit coach, yoga teacher, and I don't take myself or life too seriously. Enjoy my podcast. Hi everyone, how you doing? Sorry we had a slight false start there because I'm recording this and I hadn't press record yet. I'm doing what I do sometimes when I upload on a podcast and go live on Instagram at the same time. So recording this for a podcast and live on Instagram. Hi everyone who's joined, how you doing? So today I'm answering questions from the Unit 4 Health and Fitness Best Self Challenge. And these questions are good. These questions are really good. So we're going to dive straight in. The first one is snacks. How do you make healthy choices more appealing? Very good question. So I was just discussing this on the ESG fitness podcast this morning. Since having a small person, I have found that my snack game has elevated in lots of ways. So when you have a toddler, you always have to have snacks with you all the time. Like all, if you go out with snacks, without snacks, you are in for a bad day. So um, you need to always make sure that you have snacks with you. And it's always got to be things that are like quite healthy, quite balanced. So if I'm taking Cormac out for the day, I'll have, I'll maybe make some little sandwiches. I'll cut up some cucumber, cut up some tomatoes. I'll have little um, baby bells. Um, I'll have lots and lots of fruit and dried fruit, raisins. And those are all snacks that are actually really good adult snacks as well. And when I make him snacks, I put them in little individual Tupperwares. I um, cut them all up nicely and I make them with love because I love him. And what's interesting is that we don't uh, prepare our own food with the same love. And I think that we should be doing that. So there's a tip. Pack your bag with snacks as if you're packing for a toddler that you love. Also, one thing I would say is that I take sweeteners in my coffee. And recently, Paul has been adding a second sweetener to my coffee. And I didn't even... Well, I did notice at first. And now if I go back down to one sweetener... I'm like, this doesn't taste as sweet as it normally does. And I I think we can be kind of victim to being used to these hyper palatable, super sweet snacks so that when we have something that isn't as sweet, so like if you have, um, for example, like a protein bar or something that's really like sugary, like a chocolate bar or like marshmallow or (laughs) just thinking off the top of my head, Haribo, and then you have a piece of fruit, which one is going to be sweeter? Which one is going to get your taste buds going more? And it's probably going to be those really hyper palatable foods. So with time and practice and also eating your fruit more mindfully, like you will start to develop more of a taste for it. Um, Yeah, so persevere with your fruit cut it up really nicely put it in little tupperwares make exciting snacks and also always always have snacks in your bag because if you don't have snacks in your bag 
and then you go to the shop because you want to find a snack, of course you're going to choose something that doesn't align with your goals. Okay, next question is training with an injury, do's and don'ts. Well, the first thing is don't train through an injury. However, you can still train when you have an injury. And the person that is asking this, I know they have hurt one of their shoulders. So there's no reason why we can't adapt the workouts for you at Unit 4. We can't just like swap out a movement. So I think it might actually be overhead movements that hurt. So if we just swap a movement, so you're maybe still pressing, but you're not pressing overhead. Maybe you're pressing in front of you like a bench press or a press up instead. Or maybe we swap the movement completely. So instead of pushing, you're doing a pull movement. Or maybe we just take arms out of it completely and we do a lower body movement. And there is also some interesting research to say that if you continue to train the uninjured arm or leg then you will see still see strength increases on the injured arm or leg which is so interesting and then just goes to prove that strength a lot of the time is neurological so yeah don't worry we can we can still keep you moving even though you're injured we just work around it do not work through it though do not think oh it's a little bit sore I'm just going to do the workout anyway and I'll survive because you're just going to make it worse. And we don't want that. We don't, we want to get you recovered as quickly as possible. Okay, so here's, here's a big question and I love it. So, do you have any good responses for when people have negative or judgmental comments to make about nutrition choices or sports? For example... Oh my God, CrossFit is so bad for injuries. Oh my God, you run as well. You're going to need your knees replaced by the time you're 40. That's so bad for your body. Did you like my acting there? Obviously, the correct answer is to not give this oxygen, but I never know how best to respond, especially if it's someone who is difficult to just say F off to. Sadly, depending on the day and the mood I'm in, I am someone who can struggle to not feel a bit hurt or fed up with comments like this. I'm imagining you've come across this in various forms, being a crossfitter slash coach and a pre and postnatal coach. Yes, you're right. I have come across this a lot of times as a crossfitter, as a crossfit coach and also as a pre and postnatal coach. The first thing I would say is that you don't actually have to respond to that. When people say a negative comment about something that you do, you don't actually need to give them any of your energy, any of your oxygen, you can literally just be like, valid. Like you don't have to respond. What is quite interesting is, I think especially with CrossFit, and I have definitely been there myself, because CrossFit's like, you just love it so much. It's part of your community. It's your family. You might feel quite defensive over it, so you might feel the need to actually defend it and and actually like, as you say, be quite hurt Um, by what people are saying about this thing that you love so much but remember they don't have they obviously don't have something in their life that they love so much otherwise they wouldn't say that so kind of just feel a bit sorry for them Um, another thing I would say is show them the stats of injury for literally any other sport like CrossFit and running yes people get injured doing both of those 
but people get injured a lot playing rugby, playing football, playing hockey, maybe not swimming. People get injured swimming, maybe slipping at the side of the pool. I don't know. But yeah, literally any other sport has a risk of injury attached to it. However, the benefits that you get from participating in that form of exercise or that sport totally outweigh any risk of injury. So first of all, building muscle, being strong, that's what CrossFit is going to do for you. So many health benefits of that. All the cardiovascular benefits on your health. Um, Also the social aspect when you go to a CrossFit or you play a team sport, you're in your tribe, you're with your community, you're with your family. Like that is so good for your mental health. So yes, you might strain a muscle here and there along the way, but you're literally adding years onto your life by exercising and being active and taking part in a sport. So I don't know what this person's like other option is. Like what should, like should I just give up the thing that I do? Should I give up running? Should I give up CrossFit? Like what, what are you suggesting instead? Because I know, you know, that giving up is going to take years away from your life. Doing nothing is not good for you. You absolutely have to do exercise. So I don't know what their, their other option is. Unfortunately, CrossFit does have a bit of a bad rep when it comes to things like that. However, my first argument when people say that is that you can coach anything badly and CrossFit in its nature, it's high intensity, it's highly skilled movements, it's performed at speed or for reps and also we're dealing with heavy weights here. So all of those factors combined, if it's being coached badly or if you've got a coach who isn't looking after you and not making sure that you're moving properly or you're using an improper weight, then yes, the the risk of injury is high. But I like to think at unit four, we have pretty low injury rate and that's because we look after our members and we also program really sensibly. We program in a way that is fun and challenging, but we're also not programming just to smash people, which I think you see quite often in CrossFit gyms, like 40 minute AMRAPs every single day. That's That, in my opinion, is not what CrossFit is. So, um, yeah, Unit 4 is great. We've also got Chris as well. We've got Coach Chris Mota, and he specialises in keeping people pain and injury free. And not many CrossFit gyms can say they've got a coach that does that. Um, I do get it all the time as well as a pre and postnatal coach. In fact, I remember um, one specific situation and I think this just emphasises how you kind of have to remove your ego from it and remove the wanting to be right in the situation because we're all coming at things from different places and we've all been listening to different information. Of course, the information that you and I have been listening to is correct factual, evidence-based. Other people have been listening to misinformation, but it's it's going to take more than just me sending them the link to a couple of studies to prove them otherwise. They've got so much invested in this. One time I had this situation where I was talking on an ESG podcast and someone had said that they had diastasis. So if you're listening and you don't know what diastasis is, 
it's when after pregnancy, after birth, your ab muscles are still slightly separated. The connective tissue in between your ab muscles is stretched and you've got that gap there. Um, now, there's a lot of misinformation about diastasis and what you're allowed, finger quotes, allowed to do. And unfortunately, um, there's a lot of misinformation. People are told that they're not supposed to do any core exercises because they could make their diastasis worse. Don't do any crunches, don't do any sit-ups, blah, blah, blah. This creates a lot of fear in women, as you can imagine, but also it's just wrong because the stretching of the linea alba, the way I see it, it's, it's just like stretch marks in your skin. It's just like loose skin. It's not like you're damaged. It's not an injury. It's an adaptation to pregnancy. Anyway, on the ASG Fitness Podcast, someone had asked, what exercises should I do with my diastasis? Or I've just had a baby, what should I do? I've got slight diastasis. So I was like, okay, do some really slow controlled negative setups. So a negative setup is just the downward portion of the setup. I, I think I gave some other recommendations as well. And then a couple of days later, I got tagged in a post by someone and the post was by this like mummy coach I don't know and they had um made this post about like why you should not do sit-ups if you've got diastasis which is wrong again wrong right and this person has hundreds of thousands of followers and this person tagged like some random listener of the podcast tagged me saying Shona look at this you said on an ESG fitness podcast that you're not supposed to, you, you should do sit-ups with a diastasis. That's really dangerous. I've got a diastasis and my midwife, my doctor, my blah, 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 told me not to do any of these things. And at first I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. I, I need to get into a discussion with this person. Um, and there was, a, a, and we had a little sort of backwards and forwards. And I was like, there's, there's no point. I'm not going to change their mind here. They've had, um, there's that sort of sunk cost fallacy because they've had years of not doing these exercises and now if suddenly someone says, you know, that's actually like false information, you should have been doing it and you can be doing it now, it probably is going to be a, a lot of work to undo that. So uh, that's why I just think it's really important to detach your ego from these things because you don't always have to win the argument it was frustrating. AF though, very frustrating <laughs> because I knew I was right and I knew that the post was wrong and that she was wrong. I still had a lot of empathy for her. Anyway, um, I hope you've enjoyed that and have a lovely day. Just a little quick live. Speak to you soon. Bye.